Hello, my name is Christopher Domicio, and this is a very good novel coronavirus. Uh, it's a novel I'm writing on uh, AVeryGoodNovel.com. You can find it there, and uh, I'm writing it during this time of lockdown, and I'm just sharing it with you uh, through this podcast and also there. Uh, you also find it at my other, my travel blog at Vagabond.com. So without any further ado, I've read the the prologue in the last episode, uh, this is chapter one, the pinnacle of human evolution and conceit. Donald Trump was sitting on top of the world. He was the most powerful human being in the history of planet Earth. He controlled enough nuclear weapons to destroy the planet hundreds of times, and he'd created his own branch of the military, the Space Force. He'd vanquished his enemies, never apologized for his wrongs, and most importantly, proved everyone who had dissed him in the early 2000s as completely and totally wrong. There was one reason he was at the top. It was pure and simple. Just one thing, and one thing only. Hatred. His father had taught him from the beginning. There was no force more powerful than hatred. You had to hate the people above you, and you had to hate the people below you. You had to hate your enemies, and you had to hate your friends. And when you had to embrace your hatred and harness it, because there was no place that it couldn't take you. He'd always wanted to be at the top. The definition had changed through the years. He wanted to be the most eligible bachelor, to be the youngest casino owner, the youngest NFL team owner, the king of stakes, the greatest deal maker. He'd gone after each prize with gusto, and when he was denied, he filed it away in his hate category. He hated women. He hated people of color. He hated poor people. He hated working people. He hated those wealthier than him, and he hated those poorer than him. He hated loyalists. He hated enemies. He hated friends. He hated colleagues. There were very few people he didn't hate. But there were a few. These treasured few he looked up to. These were the men, and only men, who did whatever they wanted, however they wanted, whenever they wanted. He told himself and others that he was one of them, bragged about being able to just grab a woman and kiss her or grab her by the pussy. But he knew he was lying to himself. In actuality, he knew he was limited, but he never wanted to admit it. Then one night in 2011, just when he thought that he might finally be approaching that peak he had wanted, he was sitting with the global elites. He was surrounded by the press, enjoying the attention of the paparazzi, and invited to a gala by the sitting U.S. president that he had been denigrating and questioning the authority of. There he sat in his tuxedo, already a seething mass of hatred, but admittedly one that was feeling a particular type of satisfaction at having become a celebrity, becoming famous, slept with women of all ages, been the guest and helper of kings and presidents. There he sat in all of his glory, and then it happened. President Obama decided to take his revenge for the whole birther movement that Trump had fanned from a ridiculous conspiracy theory to a full-pledged political movement. Obama was merciless, mocking Trump's hit television show The Apprentice and his ability to be a leader. But you, Mr. Trump, recognized that the real problem was a lack of leadership, and so ultimately, you didn't blame Little John or Meatloaf. You fired Gary Busey. And these are the kinds of decisions that keep me up at night— Well handled, sir. Well handled. Oh, there was more. There was so much more. The laughter, the mocking, the shame, and having to sit there, face turning red and grimace his way through it. He thought he knew what hatred felt like. He thought he might be achieving a level where he could find some satisfaction, but no, not now. Now he was on a mission. He would destroy everything that Obama had built. He would destroy the media that was laughing at him. He would destroy the country that both represented. He would destroy everything. He would wipe out the environmentalists, the casinos, the NFL, and every country that had ever offended him. He would ruin everyone and everything. There was no one better to do it. He was a unique product of total hatred. The world was going to pay for making him feel bad. 
Trump's family history publicly said that his father was born in New York City and his mother was a Scottish immigrant. It claimed that they were descendants of the German Drumpfs and had been in the USA for a long time, but it was a lie. Fred Trump and his wife were both German, and they'd come to the USA towards the end of World War II when it became obvious that Germany was going to lose. Charles Lindbergh and Evander Bush had helped find a lookalike in New York City while Nazi loyalists had put the bunker plan into action with two more lookalikes. Replacing Fred and Mary Trump with the Fuhrer and his wife wasn't difficult. The Fuhrer liked that Fred's middle name was Christ, and he never let his children know that he wasn't the chosen one. The children were still young, and after a short while, they came to believe that the Hitlers actually were their parents, albeit more strict and with accents they didn't remember. Donald and Robert were the only actual biological children of the new Trumps, but Elizabeth, Marianne, and Fred Jr. never knew that. All they knew was that they were becoming incredibly rich, and their parents were more distant than they'd been before. So there is the dirty secret, the pinnacle of hatred, the product of Nazi genetic breeding, the child of the most evil human to ever walk the earth, and a person who was indoctrinated into a way of thinking that contained none of those sparks of humanity that make it worth saving. No compassion, no humility, no understanding, no forgiveness. Those that knew his secret history poured their resources into supporting him, both behind the scenes and in front of the cameras, and those who shared his hatred joined with him and rallied behind him. Every string that could be pulled was pulled. Every favor that could be called was called. Every remnant of fascist power and every backhanded move that could be made was made. People died. People lied. Algorithms did their work in defying all expectations and all rational explanation. Trump won. Donald Trump became the 45th and last president of the United States of America. Even at that point, it wasn't too late. But there was no play in the playbook, no precedent, no thought experiment that had been laid out for a situation like this. And the plan, the plan had been prepared for more than 60 years. Every eventuality had been thought out. Every detour or deviation had been thought of. Every detail had been considered. Trump was almost as clueless as everyone else, but his handlers knew what they were doing, and they knew how to make his actions lead to their desired outcomes. Chapter 1 wasn't that long, you guys. That was it. Uh, I will tease you with the name of Chapter 2, Viral Apes on Parade, and I'll be back with another podcast for you sometime soon. Aloha.